My safe word will be whiskey. Sorry, Rod, what was that? Whiskey. Hey, how's it going? This is Steve from the Lost in Translation podcast, Park Whiskey Society. Almost forgot what we're here for. <laughs> Who are we? <laughs> and I'm here with... Hey, it's Sean. I'm here again, live in the basement. Sean, Sean's a little less lively this week. He's kind of been in a grumpy mood. Yeah, little little dark clouds creeping in. <laughs> yeah, I think you're just taking on like the true uh, persona that you, that you wanted to pick on this podcast. And he's been... Uh, aggressively attacking pretty much everything since he got back nothing makes me happy (laughs) just kidding that's a lie you know what does make me happy though sherried whiskeys yeah i mean we do have some sherried whiskeys in front of us and speaking of this week we uh finally got our bottles of some sherried whiskey oh yeah actually we could uh mention that so the the uh the single cast that uh i ordered back in july July. seems like an eternity ago uh it's a 24 year old deanston uh finished in px sherry cast and so far so good everyone's been raving about it it's delicious i've been like hesitant and afraid to even open my bottle well, it's still sitting unopened and i'm just kind of in like soaking in what everybody else has been saying that's it well like other people have said you bought a cask blind without a sample and that so ballsy and then with all the delays and shipping and covid and i don't know if we should say that because not everybody knew that but whatever <laughs> it's out there now it's on the internet it lives but yeah no it uh you know i was away at work when they first came in so i had to live through other people and their quick reviews and everybody said you know let it sit for first the first couple pours let it sit for a while in the glass let it breathe and that's what i did and yeah i mean the second time i poured it i poured three quarters of a glen cairn fill and let it sit and sipped it over two hours while laying in bed watching movies and yeah it got better with every sip yeah that's what everyone's saying it's you get past the like you know, the neck pour is always kind of a little bit harsher than the rest of it, but we and that's I only had like a tiny sip when I when we picked it up from from Whiskey Drop last week, and I've just like I said just been hesitant to open it, but I'm, I'm probably going to do the same thing, just pour myself like a full Glen Car, full bulb of the Glen Car, and and just just have at it over an evening. Yeah, bulb deep. Bulb, <laughs> bulb deep, as they say. So today, today we're we've got four sherried whiskeys. Since we're on the topic, and and uh, we're gonna, we're gonna kind of put them all head to head. They're all in the kind of hundred, two hundred and twenty dollar range. Yeah, right. That. Yeah, with within that spectrum. So, and they're all they're all sherry sherry bombs in their respective genres. So. Uh, this, I don't know, this should be fun. I, but we're all, we're all, everybody's, well, not everybody, but most whiskey drinkers are Sherry whiskey, Sherry fans. Yeah. I Is agree. that safe to say? Yeah. Some more than others. I am a Sherry head for sure. Yeah. Me, me too. I, I like all whiskey, but at the same time, like a good Sherry matured whiskey is just too hard to beat for, for yeah, me. Exactly. And then on another note, it's perfect, uh, perfect whiskeys to be sipping on Robin Burns day. Yeah, happy Robbie Burns Day to everybody. You're probably not going to hear this podcast till 
a month later. A week. <laughs> yeah. When I finally get around to uh, editing it and releasing it, and we've kind of got a backlog going right now, but uh, nonetheless, it's Robbie Burns Day, and we're going to enjoy some whiskey. And and like, like I said in the post today, right, it doesn't really matter what whiskey you're drinking on Robbie Burns Day because it, like for, for everything he stood for, the most important thing is to to kind of recognize and admire the the guy's passion and and charisma and in in his soul and in his life and that kind of thing so just grab your favorite pour and celebrate it yeah you know it kind of touches on a did a live tasting a zoom tasting with uh some local a local club here on saturday for burns day and one of the guys you know went on a bit of a rant but it was so true like the essence of robbie burns and why he celebrated is he united everybody. It was a uniting mm-hmm. um, persona, and so what he related it to was whiskey. Like whiskey unites everybody, brings everybody together. And you know, when we started this podcast, that's what it was about. That's what it's still about: the community on a larger scale, bringing everybody together through whiskey and talking about it, drinking it. So yeah, it, when he was talking about that, it, like I noted it in my head. I was like, that's exactly. I need exactly to, what we're we, doing. We need this guy to come and record that for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's so true. Like whiskey will unite every creed, color, class of humans, and it's perfect thing to bond over. Absolutely, and I know we've said this. I'm sure we've said this before in the podcast, but it like it, whiskey sitting or talking about whiskey and drinking whiskey with your friends or with with people online or, or whoever kind of transcend all the all the social and political bullshit going on in the world because we can just we can just celebrate a likeness between us and and celebrate the tradition of whiskey and and Robbie Burns is part of part of that tradition. Totally. I yeah. totally agree. So all right, well let's um let's get going. We'll start sipping on the first one. So the first one that we selected is the Red Breast Lasto. And it's well, everybody knows that Redbreast is a an Irish whiskey. It's a single pot still whiskey, so it's a mix of malted and unmalted barley. And this one here is well, it's 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 a what is it, Sean? It's a a collaboration. Yeah, it's so the name Lestau comes from the Bodegas Lestau, which is where uh, Middleton gets their sherry casks from. So they named their all sherry single pot still red breast after the barrel location that they come from. And yeah, it's, you know, it's like you said, single pot still. And then it finishes its maturation journey and cask season with Oloroso sherry. So um, it's one of my favorites out of all Irish whiskey. I love it. I was hesitant at first because single pot still can be its own beast. It's known for being really oily and heavy in flavor, but uh, the first minute I tried this, it was instantly one of my favorites. But like single pot still whiskeys, though, are typically a fruitier character whiskey. So just the the idea of going heavier on the sherry cask with an already fruity kind of base yeah. is yeah it this it it turns it turns this whiskey into something really really tasty and really drinkable oh yeah for sure even on the nose like it's unique for sherried whiskey i find i th- i think the single pot still shil- still shines through a bit it does yeah 
And then you get that sherry more on the finish in the nose, like deep down. And then when you taste it, I get like, it's almost the opposite. It's like the, the fruit hits first from the sherry. And then towards the end, you get that little bit of spice and, you know, the richness that comes with the mouthfeel of the single pot. Yeah. You get a little bit of that dryness mm-hmm. um, from the, from the sherry cast as well. It's uh, we don't, we don't know whether it's a first fill or second fill. I'm assuming it's a second fill. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty light colored fairly compared light. to the other ones on the table. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's got a beautiful nose on it. Smells Irish on the nose. Yeah. Big time. So you're not, they're not losing the kind of the true essence of, of Irish whiskey, which is good. No. And like, you know, some people say, oh, you can sherry bombs. All they're doing is masking poor spirit or whatever. This, this is the opposite. It shows the character of the spirit with that sherry kind of enhancing it. And that's the difference though, between a good sherry bomb and just a, just a sherry bomb because a really good sherry bomb will not lose the essence of the distillery. And that's there. There's a lot of, there are a lot of sherry bombs out there where it's basically just, it could be any whiskey or any spirit in that with sherry. It basically tastes like sherry. It was poured into it. Yeah. exactly. (laughs) And you know, there are some distilleries that have great spirit that use a lot of sherry and go that extra (laughs) sherry mile to get that deep bomb. But um, I think you know, if you if you season yourself with some sherry whiskeys, you can pick out which ones kind of stand up above the rest. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with you. Man, this is a very drinkable mm-hmm. whiskey. Yeah, it's uh, it's, as they say, smooth. But <laughs> to me, like for Irish with sherry, this is unique to most of the sherry Irish that I have in my collection. Yeah, lot, lots of marzipan on the nose. <laughs> Jesus. Some like toasted marzipan and uh, candied marzipan. <laughs> roasted and toasted. Ro- roasted and toasted marzipan. I wonder if they do an STR marzipan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shave it and toast No, like it. on the nose of this one, you're going to get a lots, lots of fruits and lots of kind of toasted sherry barrel um, aromas and, and, deep kind of oakiness um on the palate the palate you just honestly you're going to get that rich red breast character with with just some added sherry honestly that's that's basically it in a nutshell and finish finish is going to be spicy sweet um very typical to red breast but you get a little bit extra kind of sweetness and dryness from the from the additional oloroso yeah and for you know some irish whiskeys don't have the longest finishes on them but this one I find single pot still by itself adds to the finish, but this one with the cherry just kicks in and you, you know, I'm still tasting and I haven't taken a sip in a couple minutes here. And yeah, no, it's got an excellent, excellent finish. And in the hundred dollar range, man, you cannot go wrong with this. I agree. You know, the, if you go in the red breast line, this falls just after the 12 in the price range, the 12 is the classic that most people pick out. But, uh, you know, the 15, the new release of the 15, it's another 20 bucks over this, I believe. And then obviously the 21 year is I might like this better than the 15 a little, like the 15 is good. It's a, it's a different, it is a different pour, but I don't know, like for the, for 50 bucks less. Yeah. Like 
So count, count me a, a Lusto guy. I have the full range, so I've done them side by side and, you know, through different tastings and stuff. And the 12, like I said, it's classic. It's got a more sherry um, maturation than the 15. The 15, I to me, shows the true essence of the single pot still. They use okay. like a, le- a little less sherry than the 12. And then it brings out that you know, the character of the Irish single pot still to me. And this fits right in between. It's all sherry. Yeah. You know, if you, if that's what you want, if you want a sweeter kind of Irish whiskey with a single pot still, this is what I push people towards. And then the 21, well, 21 doesn't need any introduction. (laughs) No, I wish we still had the, um, the red breast 12 year cast strength. Yeah. In our market, because that, that is on kind of a different playing field than than all three. Yeah, I on I honestly like I love the cast strength clearly, but yeah. um, you know we can't find it. And for somebody who isn't really familiar with single pot still or red breast themselves, it's not a place that I would start. Get the twelve first, no, and then, for sure, and then get the cast strength. I yeah. hope it comes back. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. We haven't seen it in a while. Maybe we'll use our connections in Irish whiskey and call it Middleton and tell them to start sending it to Canada. If you're listening, Middleton, <laughs> we would like a bottle. Our, our connections are strictly in our heads. My my address is. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's let's go on to the next one because we've got four whiskeys to go through. Let's we'll cast that aside the the red breast aside for a sec. And so the next one that we chose is a it's not it's not a popular choice. It's not what people think like when they're when they're going to buy a whiskey it's not a brand that's in their that's in their sights as soon as they walk in the store right it's kind of sitting sitting in the world section it's not it's not a scotch it's it is a single malt whiskey but this one is a personal favorite of mine especially this distillery because i feel like everything they put out is delicious yeah i've never had a single pour from anything from millstone that has ever disappointed me yeah so this one here is the millstone single malt the 12 year sherry cask now it's it comes from the zudan distillery which they're they're from they're in the netherlands and they're they're very very famous for their um geneva which is like uh it's similar to like a gin it's a botanical based spirit but they do a lot of different aging and a lot of different a lot of different things with that geneva and they're they're very very popular and very famous for it in their in their area so in this one specifically zidane uses a copper pot still to create the spirit and then he uses a, variety, a wide variety of casts to produce like big bold flavored malt and he does that with all of his whiskey so this 12 year is eight years in american oak first fill american oak and then it's transferred into very old oloroso sherry casts they kind of they like so if you've ever been to a um, a master class with uh, Patrick Zudan, he always talks about how he how he wants to separate his whiskey from from the competition, and he will go to these um, to these cask auctions, and he will basically buy and pull out the oldest, most decrepit, most interesting sherry casks he can find. All these like one off randoms that some have even fallen apart with the whiskey in it 
in his rickhouse or in his warehouse, <laughs> which is crazy. But he will he'll pull them apart and reconstruct them, deconstruct them, and then reconstruct them to make different size casts and and kind of re refurbish them. So this one has been uh, refurbished down to a two hundred two hundred fifty liter barrel in order to finish this aging. So it's who knows how old this the sherry casts. I'm, I'm guessing they're they're going to be in the 40 to 60 year old because that's kind of what he alludes to in his in his uh, master classes but you get you get some very very interesting like characteristics to this whiskey yeah exactly it's uh the nose on it it's musty yeah right musty like that everyone says that like dusty bookshelf yeah like old library yeah it's except it's like someone sprayed a bunch of wine all over the old books and then let them sit there on the shelf collecting dust yeah totally <laughs> man that nose on it just it's incredible yeah such like deep deep dark kind of fruity characteristics and yeah lots of like wet oak and for for you know sherry matured whiskeys there's very few that have this character to them and obviously it goes back to the casks you get kind of like an old like you get like the um, antique, like when you walk into an antique shop, yeah. like that woody kind of old furniture. I think you guys get the point. Yeah. And then in the taste that you get that familiar Christmas cake. Yeah. Yeah. Sherry. Those, those like, yeah, those holiday kind of spices and yeah. the, you know, f- the dark flute, dark fruits, dark flutes, <laughs> dark flutes. <laughs> It's um yeah you get you get some some maltiness some chocolateiness kind of thing it's it's like it's it's rich it's strong yeah coats your it's mouth more like it is it's definitely more a little more complex the palate's more complex than than the lusto yeah, yeah I get right off the bat yeah it almost like fades to like a citrus almost yeah a little bit in the finish like as the finish kind of sits and rests you do get a li- yeah you get a little bit of like burnt orange citrusy kind of thing at the end yeah like a lot of sherry finishes with the the oloroso spice kind of mm-hmm. whereas this kind of goes sweetness and citrusy on the finish more than the spice it's actually not as dry on the finish as i would expect to especially with like super old it's yeah it's good it's really really good and it sits it sits on the shelf in that same price range right around 110 120 dollars kind like of thing that, yeah it's a very, very underrated dram. Not a lot of people talk about it. Uh, it's I don't even know that it's actually available in like the US or anything like that. I know it's it's available here. And it sits like there's been a whole ton of there's been cases of it sitting on the shelf for a long time. And I I always, always recommend it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and like delicious. I've had everything from rye to PX to Mac. Yeah, we did one of their one of their ryes in our tasting. Yeah, and then they have a peated line, and then some of the peated ones are finished mm-hmm. in cherries. And yeah, they're all they're all so good. Oh, I know. I wish I could get in on some of like their, um, some of their single cast releases. Like oh. there was a 1999 PX that was out, and there was another like Oloroso specific one. And they're yeah, they 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 make some really interesting stuff, and there's not a lot of attention brought to them. I'm not sure who is the agency. That wraps them, but I I feel like I feel like someone needs to be doing a better job getting their name out there. Yeah, like somebody did the work to get them here, and then that was it. And then put them on the shelf and walked away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's for for how delicious of a dram it is. 
Uh, that's that's a cardinal sin in my eyes right there. Yeah, it should be pushed heavily. Like, get on it. Okay, let's name some unicorns. Yeah, you ready for that? Sure, let's go. Okay, let's do this. Once upon a time, the world was filled with magical creatures. The noblest among them were the unicorns. Giddy up, giddy up, unicorn. Giddy up, giddy up, unicorn. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, unicorn. Giddy up. So this episode, I was thinking we would change it up a bit and instead of naming bottle unicorns, let's, or whiskeys that are unicorns, let's name people. Sure. People that we consider unicorns in the sense that they are hustling and bustling on social media, Instagram, which is where we primarily live. And guys that are kind of hustling and bustling and gain followers, gain attraction, uh, guys that we think, guys or girls, sorry, people that we think that are going to be maybe influencers in the future, even though I hate that word, but <laughs> people that, that we think that are really, really going to draw draw a crowd on Instagram in the, in the future. What do you think? Yeah, it sounds good to me. I like that idea. So who uh, who, who do you think? Who do you think out of the crowd right now that you think is going to kind of rise above? Um, well, right off the bat, off the top of my head, it's a guy that uh, I didn't even you know know about until pretty much till we started the podcast. Then he started getting in touch with me. Um, pretty sure he's on in Ontario. Does maybe. he listen to the podcast? Oh yeah, that's how he found me. Oh, definitely future influencer for oh, yeah. sure. He's already he's already got his track. head screwed on straight. <laughs> yeah, I really like this guy. Yeah, uh, his name's Daryl, but he goes on Instagram by Whiskey Sith. Um, Everyone needs a friend named Daryl. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, he's been nothing but gracious and nice to me. You know, we shoot shoot the shit back and forth. He, uh, you know, as soon as we started the podcast, he started talking to me about you know Irish, obviously, but you know other things and. Now he's uh, started posting his own reviews or he might've been doing them all along on Instagram, but yeah. um, Yeah. He did tell me that he was going to be starting reviews with a buddy of his. And I believe that they have some posted, but um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's the perfect example of somebody in the whiskey community reaches out to a stranger like me Mm -hmm. and we just bounce knowledge off each other, you know, stuff that he'll know about that I won't, um, and vice versa. So, um, yeah, he's super, super great guy. Um, that's how the whiskey community lives and breathes though, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll go with him. He's, uh, check him out. Whisk at whiskey Sith S I T H and whiskey. Good old Daryl with an E the proper way. Yeah. Oh, come on. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, whiskey Sith and yeah, go check him out. He reviews some pretty cool stuff. Bourbons, scotch, Irish. He has proper 12 up there. Yeah. He takes, takes like decent photos of, or posts decent photos. He interacts with lots of people and yeah, I think I just started following him recently. Yeah, exactly. Um, Same with me. Yeah. It seems like a cool cat. Yeah, definitely cool cat, and he's got little Star Wars figurines in most of his photos, which is go. awesome. Yeah, no, that's sweet. Uh, for me, I would say I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with my my boy uh, Jeremy Pugh. Ooh, there's a there's a good one. Yeah, he's that guy is rock solid, and he is an incredibly incredibly talented photographer, videographer, and 
he like we kind of we kind of became friends obviously over over social media and we've we've chatted like over zoom obviously in the covid world you can't see anybody so um but he's out he's out from the uh vancouver area yep and he he's killing it out there like the the videos and the photos that he's doing in the whiskey world or landscape or kind of any any type of photography he's totally killing it and he's a he's a rad dude yeah totally like i get messages from him at like two in the morning when i'm sleeping or when i'm on <laughs> night know. shift he's like the only guy awake with me i know i'm not sure that he ever sleeps no <laughs> like just this week they were scheduled to get a huge dump of snow so they literally worked like 16 hour days to get all their filming and shooting in before the snowfall and then he like got to relax for a day yeah that's 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 what you got to do in that world and right so it's and we we've got like me and him got some projects coming up and we we plan on kind of collaborating and working together on some things so i'm i'm excited for that and i think the more the kind of the more he gets out there the more people are like he's going to have quite the quite the following base when it comes down to it oh yeah and i mean there's you know not saying that every single whiskey nerd has to be a photographer as well but no no he's he's going to get that following i mean distillers are already noticing his stuff so yeah um yeah i mean again i don't know how into whiskey he has been before we came into contact with him but um his family obviously they for christmas they got each other whiskey presents so yeah um but again anything he doesn't know about or doesn't we'll destroy his life like we destroyed ours exactly (laughs) but yeah like he's always drank he's always drank whiskey um like he's always had like a bunch of options on a shelf i just think that He's just starting to maybe get more into it. Yeah, he's gaining on the nerd level. Yeah. Leveling Through, up. <laughs> by association with idiots like us. Exactly. <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited for him. And we'll uh like e- even this technical knowledge has been a huge help for me because I am not I'm I have no technical <laughs> education in photography. I literally just press the button and <laughs> Hope and for the best. hope for the best and and just manage to create interesting stuff <laughs> but he yeah he, he's a full-on full-on photographer videographer nerd yeah and so i, I he's, he's been very supportive of me and and uh, always someone i can bounce kind of information off of so I'll, i'm happy to give that guy a shout out and i mean i i sent him two barrels or two brewers 23 just posted it he went out the next day and bought it as soon as he found it he's <laughs> yeah. like oh well these guys say it's good i'm gonna go get it well yeah. hopefully we didn't steer him in the wrong direction <laughs> so let's uh let's move on to the next whiskey we got in line so the next one is the edge redure 10 year but a part of their unshell filtered collection which is a signatory release yeah so it's interesting because signatory the family that owns signatory bottlers also owns the edge distillery um so you'll find a lot of signatory releases have Edredor in them. And this one, yeah, it's a single cask release, unchill filtered, natural color, 10 years. Dark as fuck. It looks like Dr. Pepper in the yeah. bottle. <laughs> and in Alberta, we got cask 184. I have heard that there's better casks in this range, but oh, I'm I mean, sure this one. Yeah. You'll always get that with single cast. So yeah, exactly. Every cask is different, but yeah, we were lucky enough to get this into Alberta and 
Yeah, we got a decent allocation. It did come and go pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So I don't think there was a ton of it, but enough of it that we were able to get our hands on one at least. Yeah, and one of my favorite whiskeys from last year was the Straight from the Cask Editor, which again is even darker. That than one's this. a f- yeah, but that one's that was cask crazy. strength, literally not filtered. Um, you hold the bottle up, the bottom of the bottle to light, and you see like specks of dust on the bottom of it because <laughs> they literally don't filter it. And that one comes in, it's crazy, like fifty eight percent, something like that. This one they've um they've bottled it at forty six percent, so. This is probably isn't it crazy how dark it is though for forty six percent. Yeah, like it's watered down to forty six. Yeah, and it's, it's insane. still insanely dark. You cannot see light through it. But um, yeah, if you want like a legit sherry bomb in every sense of the word, this is what you're looking in, for in this price range. Yeah, for a hundred dollar yeah. price range. Yeah, not for sure. Okay, let's let's get into it. See right away. To me, it's livelier in the. In the sherry, in the nose, yeah, for sure. That the nose is actually stronger than a, than its proof. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I get, I get something similar to like a fifty-two percent ABV yeah. kind of thing, right? The nose is. Yeah. If you the nose if, hits you. Yeah. If you're not used to high proof whiskeys and you take a big whiff of this, it's gonna burn your nostrils. So you you do get some of the. It's definitely not as like musty and. <clears throat> and like musty and dusty and old is the millstone but you get like that super super pungent dark fruit sherry like bomb nose that you're like it, it's this is pretty much a quintessential sherry bomb no, yeah exactly right? and you know a lot of people that aren't big sherry fans they always point to the the s word sulfur um i still don't find sulfur in this like maybe a touch, oh, maybe a hint, but not it's yeah, not an overwhelming amount or not, not something that I would pull it's out as one of the main characteristics. That's no, yeah, for sure. It's not I'd have to really out. reach for it <laughs> <laughs> to stick my schnoz to the bottom of the bulb to get some sulfur out of it. Yeah, no, it's the nose on this is just, it's elegant. It's, it is. It's not old and musty and library and all that leather furniture. Like no, the, it's fresh. It is very fresh. Yeah. Going for a little bit of a taste. Yeah. It even drinks heavier than 46. It does. It's got a heavy mouthfeel to it and a little heavier than the last two. Yeah. And kind of makes the tongue tingle a little bit, though. A little more spiciness, a little dryness. And they don't say, like, they just call it sherry. Um, I find this and even the straight from the cask, they're definitely, you can tell, or we assume that it's Oloroso because it does hit with that little bit of Oloroso spice that comes with a uh, 10 year maturation and fresh, fresh. Well, it's got a ton, <laughs> ton of prevalent Oloroso notes for only being 10 years old. Oh yeah. Like syrupy. And you like it, this, I think it's probably more Oloroso than it is Edredor. Yeah. This one is kind of where the casks take over. This like spirit. if you want to, if you want to taste it like Edredor spirit, then I would go just get their standard 10 year. Cause it's also a very good drinker, but yeah, even the Caledonian, this probably this overpowers a little, yeah, a little much. You lose a little bit of the essence, I think. Yeah. And I mean, for somebody who's into whiskey, but not super crazy into whiskey, they're going to see this on the shelf if it's not in the, in the can and they're going to be like, what is that? What? <laughs> Who poured Coke into, <laughs> yeah. into one of the bottles? Hey, someone pre-mix this whiskey for me. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> no, no, drink it. Maybe. Only needs ice. Yeah. But a lot, of, a lot of like the, 
those typical kind of coffee, malty, um, dark fruit, chocolatey, like like a lot of those characteristics that you that yeah. you get out of Oloroso. And like like you said, when going with the the bomb factor of how dark and you know it's it's not going to be the most layered and complex sherry whiskey out there. No, um, I st- I still think there was much there was more complexity on the Millstone than there was on this one. Yeah, totally. But with this, I'm guessing they wanted that sherry bomb factor. That's what they're looking for. Yeah, they're going. Hey, and they do very good. We use good cast delivering it, and so. we get great whiskey out of it. And it's they totally do. Well, and Edredor, like they were, they're while well, they were once known. There, I don't think they're anymore. But the once known as the smallest distillery, they were like they're a. Well, they're a family-owned farm distillery, yeah. that kind of thing. I, they're not the only one anymore because there's lots that have popped up. But yeah. but back when, what, I would say 10 or 15 years ago when, when Scotch was just kind of coming back into the limelight, they were that's what they were known for. Yeah, exactly. They were, they're an old, old kind of craft-like distillery. So Yeah, and for me, Edredor, I've been a fan for a little while now. And they still seem like a little secret. They, yeah, for sure. You know, there's people that have got into them and love them. And it's kind of where Lead Chick was like three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. It was a very niche whiskey. And now all the nerds found it. And Some of their, some of their like um, older matured stuff can get pretty pricey though. Oh yeah. Like some of the wine cast finishing 14, like the 14 to 17 year oh. kind of thing. Like they, they get up around 400 three four hundred bucks yeah so and i don't know if that's just because they the the volume and the quantities not there they're they're very limited release so that's probably why they don't they don't pump out as much as the the big distilleries so that always contributes to cost per bottle yeah i mean if they're if they're that small and they're you know these one-off cast releases like they're only gonna get single casks from them because they don't have this the space or the capacity to make a giant batch of 14 year old Bordeaux matured. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is they also have their peated line, which is Balashin. And there's know, a very interesting peated whiskey. Yeah. It's like, it's, sta- it stands on its own beside, beside the Isla and, and Legic and, and yeah, it's Isla. Fuck. <laughs> I'm going to get stung for that. Come out with the pitch oh, I know, whatever. But no, you're right. It, it, it Balashin, it will stand up to the best of the best of the peated whiskeys. It's got that funk. It's got that. Yeah. Um, like I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm Edredor, I think is very high elevation as well. So that affects their maturation in their casks. And, uh, yeah, I like everything that comes out of there. Their bourbon barrels are insane. They have the Ibisco bottles, which are a nice decanter-looking thing with a giant wood cork. Um, you know, Edredor, like I said, I'm a huge fan of them, and I have been praising everything since I started drinking Edredor. All right, let's go on to the last whiskey that we have to um, in this flight here, and this one is this one's kind of a, a little secret. I think not a lot of people know what it is. It's in a and they they kind of they like discreetly package it in this all black bottle jet black, jet black bottle you can't see through it like if you could see like if this was a clear bottle you could see the color of it i bet you would not sit on the shelf 
Oh, it'd be gone by now. For sure. But people don't really know what it is. So Highland Park Dark Origins, like you said, they they said it's like they don't age state it, but they said that it's a teenager. So it's going to be 13, 13 14 years yeah. old kind of thing. I've heard 14. Yeah. And it's it's a Highland. So it's a 14 year old Highland Park that sits on the shelf for like 105 bucks or 110 bucks. Yeah. And it's a it is like it is a sweet, sweet sherry toasted sherry bomb like it's they well they use what is it 80 percent first fill sherry casks and then 20 percent the other 20 percent are refill sherry so it's 100 percent sherry maturation and like you said it's kind of a, a secret like nobody really talks about yeah, it's it. kind of a sleeping beauty like yep. it's and they so they like they use more more first fill sherry casks in this than they do in a lot of the the other um, Highland parks in this range and this price range is value. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's a, yeah, it's a steal if you can get it. I know it's still out there and it's an incredible price. So let's, let's get into it. So right off the nose, obviously it's very similar to the other four. You get that Sherry. Yeah. More similar to the, the Edredur than the Millstone. Yeah. It's, it's like a fresher Sherry than more than the musty older style. Not as, like not as pungent and rich though. No. As the Edredur. Like it definitely noses more, it's proof. Yeah, it's forty six point eight. Yeah, which I think all of these are forty six percent, aren't they? What's the less though? Yeah, forty six. Yeah. Weird. It's like we picked them like that. <laughs> and we just grabbed four shares. I think I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, it's you know, I am I get more toastiness out of this yeah. though than I do. And maybe that's just because it's a sherry seasoned cast versus a actual sherry cast. Yeah. I don't know. Out of that 80%, 60 is European oak, 20% is American oak. So there might could, be some char, some yeah. seasoned charred casts from the American oak side. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Cause you even get a little more and there is, there is going to be a little peatiness to this naturally mm-hmm. because it is a Highland park. So maybe that's where the smoke, but I don't get like, peat smokiness i get burnt smokiness in that nose yeah i don't it's not like even the heather peat that they're known for i don't get that it's more like an ash almost yeah and like a real like a toasted like the toasted barrel mictors like that kind of um quality and like i don't know if it's the 0.8 percent higher than the rest of them but this one has a bit more bite to it i find it does it does drink a little bit hotter again that could be due to the toasted casks but yeah i'd like when I first found out about this and I was told, oh, you know, if you, if you're lucky enough to find it, definitely get it. And they're still on the shelf. But again, mm-hmm. if they, if people knew what this was out of the Highland Park range, I mean, that's kind of a benefit of the Highland Park releasing 646 releases every year. <laughs> yeah. Is like, it just gets lost into obscurity. Kind yeah, of thing, some right? of them just disappear and they hide in this dark black bottle in a case with like well, i didn't even really know what like it, maybe a year ago is when i kind of came came well i didn't actually come across it it was nils that that told me he was just like man have you ever tried this dark origins before and i was like, um no don't think so i'm not a big highland park guy to begin with but he was just like man this thing is fucking awesome yeah right like it is just a sherry full of sherry spice and you don't completely lose the Highland Park essence. You get still that 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 Orkney spirit left in there, which is awesome because they don't cover it all up. Yeah, and like I'm way more of a Highland Park fan than than you are. And even me, it took me a while 
you know, I'd heard whispers that it was good and been, so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's the one thing about Highland Park is there's just so much, and like you can't possibly know. Well, I guess if you're a total fanboy, you, you Fan- could. Fantastic Nick probably knows everything about every bone. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he's yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's studying it right now. Yeah, he's he's drank every bone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before we before we get into what finding out what your favorite of the four is, do you have any? Any, do you have any malts to grind today? Oh, do I? Do I ever? Sounds like sounds like the dark cloud has something to say. So let's um, let's give him the floor. Well, I've never been one for meeting new people or doing new things or eating new types of food. I've had the same haircut since 1978, and I've driven the same car since 1991. I've used the same wooden comb for three decades. I have one bowl. I still get my milk delivered by horse. Are you gonna tell a man that he can't fart in his own car? I don't wanna seem overdramatic, but I don't really care what happens here. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna stay angry. I find that relaxes me. This is my hell. All right, well, today in my grind my mouth segment, <laughs> I will, uh, I'll take a pot shot at people who flip bottles. Now, to me, they're the bane of the whiskey industry. Anybody who flips bottles strictly for profit. And we're the dark knights, right? Yeah, exactly. Bottle flippers should be put out to pasture and done away with. They're the reason that Ardbeg today released a 25-year-old that comes in at $1,300 Canadian. It's their core range quote. But it's literally, it that is targeted. The secondary to, market destroys. Yeah, that twenty five year market, is yeah. priced towards bottom flippers. Now the problem is, is people think that they can make a mint off of whiskey by selling secondary market, and there isn't a whiskey nerd out there that has not bought something secondary whether it's trading or auction or from friends but for the most part anybody i've dealt with other than maybe auctions which i don't really partake in too much they they do it for the love of the whiskey i don't think i've ever traded a bottle or bought a bottle from somebody and paid more than market price um there's i refuse to Exactly. There's no point to. And all it does is it jacks up the price of retail. And already this year, in the past year, with the tariffs in the states and, you know, all the distilleries closing for so long because of COVID, the prices are going to have to go up anyways. Facebook was just littered with guys trying to sell that 17 year Madeira for four or five hundred dollars. Like, give me a fucking break. Seriously. Now, it's ridiculous, you know, like. If you wanted to get one of those bottles in Edmonton, you literally had to be at the store at 1001 or online to the stores that have online sales. And within two minutes, like our buddy Jihoff, yeah, he went online and he had put two in his cart and went back to grab one more. By the time he hit checkout, they were all sold out. They were sold. And so in the time it took him to shop, they were sold out. Yeah. 
I can feel Sean's heart rate raising, so I don't want him and to break blood, any glasses. Blood pressure's just going through the roof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the other thing, the other part of this is stores will catch up to it and will catch on to it. And there are stores out there that have withheld certain limited releases until one at a time. I like to see the one at a time or all the other stores will sell out like the spring banks. And then there will be one store that just didn't put them on the shelves. Wait two weeks until the secondary markets already started selling them and then they'll put them out, but they inflate the price. Yeah. So they're doing, they're doing essentially the same thing, but at a smaller scale. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. Whiskey's a business and stores are in the business to make money. I totally get that. But aren't they making the whiskey for the drinkers? To me, supposed to be one whiskey's made to be drank. Yeah. Two whiskey's made to be shared. And three, open your goddamn bottles. Don't sell them online to people that don't know better or do know better and still want to pay. Well, and there's there's stupid prices. Tons of people that message me even that are, they'll ask me, oh, how much do you think that's going for? Or is that available or whatever? And how many times I have to message them back saying, it's it's probably gone it's this is like we're talking about whatever a 15 year or something like that it's like it was like 200 bucks and nine times out of ten they go oh that's that's a little more than what i was expecting so so they're getting like it's scaring it's actually to the point where it's scaring drinkers away yeah exactly and like i'm not the biggest spring bang fan but no there there are people out there that love the stuff but can't afford it because the only way well, they'll never drink it the only option they have to get it is secondary through flippers or whatever and it's yeah it'll push them away from those distilleries and it just makes it more and more rare which in turn will increase the secondary price and it's just a vicious cycle and yeah it's too bad honestly with scotch whiskey especially needs to the bubble needs to burst it, i don't see it <laughs> happening but it needs to burst yeah it's only growing unfortunately all right well let's uh Let's let's turn to a brighter note before we wrap up this podcast. And uh, what uh, out of these four that we tried? So the first one was the Redbreast Lusto Edition. Uh, the second one was the Millstone Twelve Year Sherry Cast. The third one was the Edredure, the Unfiltered, uh, or sorry, Unchill Filtered Collection Ten Year. And then the last one was uh, Highland Park Dark Origins. Which uh, which one of the, out of these four would you? Which one was your favorite, and which one would you recommend people? Well, first off, that Edredor I picked as my Highland Malt of the Year mm-hmm. from in my year-end review. So I love that. The Highland Park surprised me. Definitely, time, especially when it's put up against the other ones. Irish will always have my heart. Absolutely, I'm going off the board, and I'm going to pick the Millstone. The Millstone, honestly, was. It's that old library, old wood cabin, oil-coated walls. Like, it's got everything. It's everything that you want in a good sherry. It's balanced. It's got that sherry flavor right to the depths of it. It's, yeah, to me, that one stood out the most. Yeah, you know, I... I... And we don't always agree on this stuff, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, but uh, but the, the millstone is not like definitely not easy it's not an easy decision or anything like that but the millstone is my favorite out of the four as well they're all really really good whiskeys for their price range and i would i would recommend all four of them but that millstone just has a little bit more complexity than the rest and kind of offer it just offers a i don't know it just it offers a a 
a characteristic that the others don't. Yeah, totally. Right? To me, it just separates it. Like that, just the, that old mustiness and funkiness just kind of separates it from the crowd and just makes it a more interesting drama in my eyes. The other three kind of, they all have very similar qualities. Yeah. Right? The the other one that, like, I, I love that Edredur and I really like the Highland Park, but the, that Redbreast Lustel is probably the cheapest one out of them all. Yeah. And it's, if you want, if you're looking for an Irish whiskey, like a sherried Irish whiskey, then I definitely recommend that one because it's, it's still, it still keeps the, the essence of Irish and, and gives you some sherry bomb-like characteristics as well, so... Yeah, the, the way I'll kind of sum it up is the Highland Park, the Dark Origins, that'll be the one that'll disappear because it's already not being made anymore. Yeah. Um, the Edredor, you got to be in the mood for that. It's a shit. For sure. Bomb. It's, yeah. it's the one that you, you know, you're outside all day working, whatever. You come in and you want to pour something that'll warm you up. That's the one. The Lestal, the Red Breast, to me, that's like out of the four of them, that's the everyday sipper. That's the one you can grab year-round. Yeah. In the summer, it's still refreshing because it's that single pot still. That millstone, that's like the... That's the one you pour on special occasions yeah. when your friends come over finally and you're allowed to party. That's the one, that's the one <laughs> I'm Whenever that's going to be. Yeah. That's the one I'm grabbing for sure. No, for sure. All right, well, let's uh, raise a glass and cheers and wrap up this episode and... Wish you all well. Cheers, everybody. That was loud. Bye-bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>